Welcome to You Can Get Paid For That. Doing stuff you like is cool, and so is making money. This is the show where you'll learn to do both, from people who are actually getting paid to do what they like. I'm your host, Bo Blackwell, and I'm here to help you discover how you too can get paid for that, whatever that may be. Hey there, and welcome to a new episode of You Can Get Paid For That. On this week's episode, I'm joined by my friend Kevin Rogers, who is one of the absolute top A-list copywriters out there in the business today, and he has written all kinds of sales letters and sales videos for uh, people selling all types of products, a lot of information products and training courses and things like that, um, in all types of different industries, and he also has a really fascinating background as a stand-up comedian. So uh, in the episode, I think you'll see how he brought that sensibility of being a comedian to the copywriting process, why it makes it so effective, and also a lot of great tips in here about how you can tell your story more effectively to get people to quickly know, like, and trust you and want to buy your stuff or subscribe to your mailing list or whatever it might be. So I hope you enjoy the episode. Okay, so I'm joined today by my good friend and copywriting uh, Jedi. Genius. Gen- genius. genius. Say the word. Genius. <laughs> genius, without a doubt. <laughs> Kevin Rogers. <laughs> so, Kevin, thanks so much for being on the show. I'm really excited to have you here. Thanks, Bo. I'm totally joking about the genius thing. Well, I'm not. So. I, I, you know what I do? I <laughs> try to soak to up it. genius. I, I just I, I follow closely behind genius and hope that some of it will, some of the dead skin in the <laughs> DNA will, will somehow infuse with me. That seems like a good plan. Yeah, that's what I do. Cool. So uh, first off, uh, before we kind of jump into everything, uh, the same question I ask everybody, what, what is it that you get paid for? I get paid for creating uh, sales campaigns uh, primarily for information products. So if somebody's created a fantastic new workout regime or has a breakthrough diet plan and uh, they want to sell it to the masses and, uh, you know, with uh, banner advertising or through affiliate networks, I create their, I help them design their launch funnel um, and and uh, I'm in charge of all their sales copy for that launch. Okay, cool. So uh, definitely want to talk a lot about, uh, you know, copywriting and, and funnels and things like that in a little bit. But first, I'd like to um, chat with you about your background because you have a really interesting and unique background of, of how you got into copywriting and marketing in general that that wasn't your you know where you came from at all so could you tell the audience a little bit about what you used to do and and how you made that transition into copywriting and marketing as as your business sure yeah so in my uh well teens actually i um started stand-up comedy as a as a career started out as a dare really (laughs) and uh and quickly transitioned into a career i wasn't real good at much before that. Uh, I should say I wasn't real passionate at, at much. I was like detailing cars and working in restaurants and grocery stores and things that um, weren't exciting me. And so got up on stage the first time at about 18 years old. And um, I was hooked right away. It's one of those things you kind of know the first time you walk off stage, if it's something you want to keep doing. Hmm. 
and um, you know, scariest moment of my life. I'm sure <laughs> it's funny that, you know, um, th- there's a great joke that, you know, the public speaking is the number one fear among, among humans. Mm-hmm. And um, second is death. And so Jerry Seinfeld has a great line that that means whenever somebody's giving the eulogy at a funeral, they'd rather be in the casket. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure a lot of people can can identify with that. Yeah, time. but for some reason, I just didn't have that. I mean, it was scary, but, you know, I, I, it's, it was a rush, too. So I got over that quick and um, went on the road and toured all around, starting in the southeast. I, I live here in Florida, and I started my comedy career in Clearwater. And uh, then I moved to Chicago, and uh, that was exciting. What a great city. Got to be, you know, make friends with, I'm a big fan of the blues. And so I made friends with some of the players down there, and they loved coming to to the comedy shows, and I loved going to the blues shows. So that was a real love affair. And uh, then, you know, I slowly began to realize what I really loved. I loved performing, but it was wearing me out a little bit, and I kind of, fell in love more with writing and producing hmm. through a couple of projects that uh, sort of fell into my lap. And through through the process of sort of producing these projects, we did a comedy festival. A friend of mine named Dan Carlson and I put on a, a festival. Uh, and we had some of the greatest names, Bo, in the industry. Um, 1995, we had guys like Louis C.K. Wow. And, and Doug Stanhope. And he did it for a few years, even after I moved away. And he had Don Rickles and just the best of the best. And it all started with a with a with a web page, <laughs> ironically, because um, uh, back then that sort of legitimized you, right? Yeah, sure. In '95, like, wow, these guys have a web page. This, <laughs> must, this must be real, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> but yet we're still communicating through fax with people, you know? Uh, and so that was really exciting. And I just. Uh, said, you know, I could see myself doing these kinds of things as much as I could driving around. You know, you start to realize as you tour as a stand-up comic that you're, you're getting paid a little more to be a trucker than you are to, to actually dazzle a crowd of half-drunk strangers, you know? <laughs> sure. And so you realize that if, if you don't have a business plan and you don't maybe get some breaks, I say with air quotes, in the business, then you know, where's it, where's it really leading? Mm -hmm. And so, um, yeah, I decided to transition out, go legit. I guess you could say that didn't work out too well. Um, (laughs) I don't, uh, I I wasn't cut out, not cut out for the working world. I'm I'm proudly uh, label myself an unhirable. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think the entrepreneur types in your listening audience will relate to that. It's, you know, um, so, uh, through a bizarre twist of fate, I ended up working um, with an old friend who now had a marketing company, and it was uh, very different from anything I ever th- saw myself doing, but started to fall in love with sales and direct response marketing. And then uh, I met a guy named Chris Tomasulo, who was hired by this company to um, consult, and he knew that I had a passion for writing. And so he said, you, would, you should try this copywriting thing. And I didn't know what that was. And he showed me a couple of um, sales pages online. And I thought that was the dumbest, ugliest things <laughs> I could imagine anybody ever putting up. And who wouldn't click away immediately when they saw such a thing? Mm-hmm. 
And then he explained to me, you know, what a target market was and that even though it wasn't, I wasn't part of that target market yet, the people who were uh, reacted very strongly to the page and, and it started to make sense to me. And, and that was it. He turned me on to guys like uh, Gary Halbert and, and John Carlton and uh, Clayton Makepeace and, you know, even more bizarrely, these are my peers and, and in some cases my close friends now. So uh, it's been a wild ride. And again, something I love about this business, Bo, is that, you know, people, everybody comes into this entrepreneur thing through some crazy side door in life that they probably didn't see mm-hmm. as they were walking down the hall, you know. And uh, that's why it's so fun to be at seminars and conferences and get together with people you meet and ask their stories of how they came into this business. It's always, it's always unique and interesting. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. That's, that's a great backstory. I love that. (laughs) Um, So you mentioned the term direct response marketing, and I imagine there are probably quite a few people out there that aren't really familiar with, with what that concept is. So could you um, talk about, you know, your take on how, direct response marketing and and copywriting are different from, I don't know what you'd call it, but sort of mass marketing, like agency marketing. Yeah. Agency marketing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'd say that, well, in two words, the difference is buy now, (laughs) right? It's a, it's a, it's a call to action. So direct response marketing is any ad you see where they are telling you, um, act right now. Don't wait. So, Image advertising or agency advertising is more like big brand stuff. Coca-Cola doesn't need you to go buy a Coke while you're watching the ad. They just need to remind you that you love Coke and that you identify with the brand of Coke and that you're a Coke person, not a Pepsi person and those sorts of things. Mm -hmm. Um, Direct response is more about speaking to your perfect, what we call the customer avatar. You know, we do a lot of research to find out who would want this product and what are the messages they need to hear um, so that they'll resonate with this and think it can solve their problem and, and hopefully will solve their problem. Uh, so think of it as problem solving, uh, you know, problem solution, marketing, um, you know, direct response. There's a, there's a range there. But, you know, one very simple example is, say, QVC. Um, each segment on QVC or Home Shopping Network is is a direct response ad uh, played out as a, a presentation. You'll notice they use things like scarcity. Um, you know, there's only 50 of these left and you can see the number going down and there's a time limit on when they can get this deal. Those are all aspects of direct response marketing that are very effective. And so I'd say that's the that's the main difference. Hopefully that explains it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you know, and I think too, um, one thing that, that is sort of a, a little, um, difference there too, is that when you're doing direct response marketing, it doesn't necessarily have to be getting a sale immediately. Right. Uh, you can do direct response marketing with the goal of getting people to subscribe to your email list or take mm-hmm. other actions as well. Um, so it's not just about sales, but it, you're, you're right. It's certainly much more action oriented than uh, that broad marketing. Well, yeah, but it, in the, it should be about sales. Um, not like it doesn't have to be buy now every time you're right. It's a good point that the, there's always a call to action, but that call to action may be, Hey, um, 
give me your email and I'll deliver to you a fantastic uh, ebook that solves a problem for you. We, we give away a lot of really high quality free content in this business. And that's because the people who are doing this right want to earn trust and they want to uh, have all they all you really want first from somebody is the opportunity to prove your worth and to show the value you can provide them and then hopefully make it easy for them to want to do business with you from there. Yeah, that that's a great, uh, great kind of segue into what I wanted to talk about because, um, you know, my my audience for this show is people who are trying to build businesses around things that they're passionate about and, you know, that they really believe in and are excited about. So for someone who, you know, isn't a, a longtime marketer and, and maybe doesn't, you know, know all the copywriting um, tricks or hot buttons to push and that sort of thing, uh, what are your suggestions for how you can introduce yourself to potential customers or visitors and that kind of thing in a way that does get people to, to know you and like you and, and want to eventually buy from you? Uh, well, yeah, I happen to have a handy little formula for such oh, a thing. Well, so. perfect. There we go. <laughs> <laughs> and it's free, if you can imagine. Um, so, yeah, I, the, the, the best way to do that, I found, is to tell your story. Uh, you know, everybody has a story, right? And your story is what makes you unique. So if you, especially if you're passionate about something, um, then you want to share that passion. So think about how you sort of, um, roam the internet and you land on a web page and however, for whatever, um, induced you to click on that page, you're hoping for something when you get there, uh, even if it's a nice surprise. And so, um, you know, everybody surfs the internet with what I call the index finger of death, uh, <laughs> lingering right over their left click button. And, and they've got the cursor sitting right on that X or that back, you know, arrow. And they're just praying for you to screw up, uh, when they land on your page so that they can click away and move on with their day. <laughs> and so you have to think in terms of, what's the fastest way I can convince somebody that they're in the right place? And to me, the best way to do that, if you're a, 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 an entrepreneur who's leading with passion and you're very passionate about your subject and your product that's going to solve a problem for a similarly passionate or ailing person, then uh, the best way to do that is to tell your story in a very quick and concise way. Um, so I, I created a thing called the 60 second sales hook that, um, helps people do that. It's based on a joke formula that I used to use as a stand up comic. And I turned it into a, what I call a sales hook, um, by just changing the last part of the joke formula. Hmm. And it's very effective for people because it takes the guesswork out of, you know, which story to tell, how long should it be, what needs to be included and what doesn't. Uh, all these things. So, um, yeah, so, so that's, that's my recommendation is that you tell your story on a page and offer what we call a lead magnet. Um, so, you know, don't, don't just tell your story and hope that people know what to do from there at the end of your story say, so, you know, um, give me your email and please take this free gift, whether that's uh, a follow-up video on the next page or a, a, a free PDF or something that helps them get more information about you and, and hopefully solve a problem. 
Gotcha. That's awesome. Where can people uh, find the the formula that you've created, the 60-second sales hook formula? Yeah, it's a, the free ebook is at 60-second um, – Sorry, yeah, 60, the number uh, 60, secondsaleshook.com. Okay, cool. And, yeah, uh, I'll link that up in the show notes. It is cool. seriously fantastic. I've seen Kevin speak about it at conferences, and um, w- one of the, the most amazing things was watching him live on stage take people from the audience that uh, didn't know what their sales hook was and craft a sales hook in the most strange and interesting kind of niches there was a guy i remember that did uh graphic design and designed a very specific kind of thing but uh yeah kevin crafted an amazing sales hook for him right on the stage like on the spot (laughs) It it was really cool people in the audience were cheering for it afterwards so yeah definitely check out that that free ebook because it will be a huge help to you in in getting your message figured out and yeah, it, I mean, that, that's a great point, Kevin, to, to have a formula because I think that's what most people struggle with when trying to do any kind of copy for their business is where do you even start? You know, what are the steps? Um, staring at that blank page is just a, a terrifying thing. So having a, a really yeah. simple formula, it's just a huge help. Yeah, for sure. Cool. That's great. Um, one thing I wanted to ask you about, just since you've seen a ton of copy and you critique a lot of copy for people, is are there any common mistakes that you see that um, passionpreneurs make when they're talking about themselves or their businesses or you know trying to ask for a sale or, or convert people? Um. I'd say, yeah, being vague or, or wishy-washy is, is one of the biggest mistakes they make. Um, you know, there's a, a lot of, you know, you made a good point about how to think about selling earlier. Um, it's, you know, I like to go to the, my, my friend John Carlton has a great quote that he says, you know, um, if you know that you have, a, a product or, or something that's going to solve a problem for somebody and you understand what it's like to suffer, how they're suffering, then shame on you for not doing everything in your power to get it into their hands. Hmm. And if you think of it in that context, it makes it a little easier to be bold in your request for their action. Uh, so yeah, the worst thing, I understand that a lot of people don't want to feel like they're coming on strong or having a lot of hype in their sales copy. And I, I don't, I don't condone that stuff, empty hype and over the top promises and things like that. But if you truly are passionate and you've put a lot of work into creating what it is, that's going to solve somebody's problem, or even if it's just um, creating an opportunity for you to share your story so that it may bring comfort to somebody who's going through something similar, then uh, you, you have to consider what you're competing against in order to get that content in front of somebody. And so you, you can't afford for yourself or the people you want to help and reach to be uh, lackadaisical about it. You cannot expect people to um, hear your message as clearly as you'd like them to, and you cannot expect them to you know, decide on their own to take the next step. You've got to be very direct and very clear about what that next step is and why they should take it. 
uh, I'd say that's the number one thing that, that, that people should look out for is just being too way too laid back in their approach. Yeah, that's a great point. And, you know, I think um, something I've kind of noticed as well uh, in people that are building online presences, let's say, like they're a blogger or a podcaster or that kind of thing. And they're trying to get people involved and, you know, hopefully they have something that they're going to sell or want to get people to take some kind of action. But they put uh, put a lot of content out, like blog mm-hmm. posts or that kind of thing, and never ask for anything <laughs> in return. And, and mm-hmm. almost, you know, they make the visitor jump through hoops almost to, to be right. able to subscribe. Um, yeah. And that's something that I've noticed really effective bloggers do well is always making sure to include a call to action or how the blog post ties into something that they offer that can help a visitor who's, you know, looking for a solution to whatever that blog post addressed. Right. That's it. Yeah. Again, the people, if you don't, if they don't know what to do, they'll do nothing. Mm -hmm. And if they're confused, they'll do nothing. So, and, and, you know, there's a million different things competing for their attention you know there's all these we live in a clickbait world now where uh, you know a lot of people wonder they go you know what what's with these sites where you you say you go to huff post you know huffington post and you read an article and it's good and it's interesting and you can't help but click one of these other links you know eight celebrities you never knew were were related or something and you're like oh you know, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> who's melissa mccarthy related to i gotta see this you know and next thing you know, but you're going, well, then you go to that page and you spend some time there and you go, what's the point? Like, why does everybody want me on all these different websites? And it's because they get paid every time you click something on their site. They're getting a little a bit of money from the people advertising with banners on those sites. And it's OK for sites like that to want you to do nothing else but click around and read some stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh as a entrepreneur who's trying to build a community, a tribe, you need to have a very, um, a, um, what I call the dialogue is, is the key. You want to have a, a very specific dialogue with the people who come into your world. And that's why you collect that email so that you can send them messages and make sure that you're asking them questions and finding out what's on their mind and see how they are reacting to some of the um, uh, articles you post and things like that. So you know, like if you're a blogger, it's one thing to put up a blog post and hope that people read it and kind of come around and that maybe a few people might read a, 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 a leave a comment. But if you look at somebody like say Marie Forleo, you know, she's a master of building a community. And if, if you look at, go to marieforleo.com and look at her comments she gets hundreds on every single post. And all she does every week is put out a video called Q&A Tuesday where she answers a reader's question. And she's amazing and dynamic and has this, uh, you know, incredible personality. Um, and she's also very genuine and her, her, her uh, advice is really valuable. But she, rather than just hopes that people read and know what to do, she um, entices them to not only leave their email so that they can get updates when there's new content. But when they, when she asks them to leave a comment, she doesn't say, Hey, leave a comment and let me know what you thought of today's video. She says, I have a challenge for you. Mm -hmm. In today's video, we talked about time management. Tell me, 
the number one thing that interrupts your day and what you think you could do based on what you saw in this video to, to work around that or to change that. Right. And so people go, Oh yeah. Okay. Now they're thinking that I know what that one thing is. And now they have a reason to respond to you. And that's, you can see how that's a totally different conversation than just having somebody leave it up to you to decide what you should do next. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's a great point. Yeah. I've definitely noticed uh, there are a few really successful bloggers that do that kind of thing. Pat Flynn's another one that posts a lot of, uh, challenges or questions or that sort of thing, um, you know, puts that to their readers to keep them engaged. And yeah, I I think that's a a great point that if you don't really get people thinking about next steps and, you know, how to keep interacting with you, they're, they're just going to leave and the chances of them really sticking around and becoming part of your tribe are, are pretty small. Yeah. And, you know, one more note on that. It, it, again, it's not a manipulation thing. It's not like you're trying to trick people to get more engaged with you so you can sell them something down the line. Uh, it's that people love to be validated by being asked their opinion. Hmm. Everybody loves that. It's, it's a basic human emotion. So you're doing them a, a favor or at your a service by including them. And, and because of course you do want to hear from them. And so, but you have to remind them, you have to tell them. And that's what we, we were talking about earlier, Bo, about being direct, right? Um, so the mistake would be not telling them that you want to hear from them and not telling them what you specifically would love to hear about this topic. Because when you do that, uh, people have a very visceral reaction to that. We all love to be asked our opinion. Right. One, of the, one of the most, people talk about networking and they say, I go to these events and and I'd love to, approach somebody I really admire, but I, I don't know, I'd be intimidated and I wouldn't know what to say. Or, you know, we think that we have to go up and impress that person. Uh, all you have to say to someone you want to impress is, Hey, can I ask your opinion on something? I don't say, you know, can I pick your brain or can I, can I ask you a question? Say, can I get your opinion on something? And I, and watch the difference. Their whole demeanor will change. It's irresistible. When somebody says, can I get your opinion on something? That's really interesting. That's a great, great point. I'd never thought about that before, but you're totally right. I hadn't either. I just made it up, but it wow. sounds, so, sounds legit. So you just, uh, you just validated that genius <laughs> claim you made earlier. <laughs> no, that's really cool. And I think that's a great point because, yeah, you're right. That um, the problem I see a lot of people making is that they're, they're either asking nothing of other people like you know whether it's visitors or they're trying to connect with somebody but like you said they don't you know they don't have anything to offer that person or they're asking too much um where you know i've seen people try to elicit comments from readers or that kind of thing but it's like hey take this 18 question survey (laughs) right right you know take 45 minutes out of your day to help me out to figure out what i can sell you kind of thing yeah i saw when well, uh, I don't know where it was, but somebody offered me a uh, $50 Amazon gift card to take a one hour survey. <laughs> and I was like, uh, you, you, you haven't seen my rates, you know? Yeah. I don't, <laughs> it, you know, it's, if I have nothing else to do, I guess that's not a bad uh, thing, but you know, yeah. One hour survey. I was like, wow, that's a, you know, yeah, that's, that's pretty crazy. insane. <laughs> so it's a great point. Yeah. I mean, just make it so easy. I, I'm doing an email campaign right now to my list where 
it's simply, I gave them two specific things I, I need from uh, pieces of information. And I say, just hit reply and answer me these two things. <laughs> and I've had almost 100 responses uh, over just two emails. And I don't, my list is not huge. It's just that I treat them re- with respect. I don't promote a bunch of stuff. I try to give a lot of uh, content. And when you do that, I tell you, people would much rather be on your list and engage with you personally one-on-one than just read your stuff and feel like you're talking at them rather than to them. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Do you have any advice um, just because I, I think, you know, you hear the advice a lot of, oh, just survey your audience about what they would want from you for, you know, coming out with products or that kind of thing. But, you know, I think you can't just go to people and say, what would you like me to sell you? (laughs) So do you have any advice for how people can kind of get at that question of figuring out, you know, what would be the best stuff to offer to your audience Mm -hmm. based on questions you can ask them? Do you have any advice on questions that work for that kind of thing? Yeah, you could. Well, one thing you, you want to find out is how they like to receive information, right? You Mm -hmm. could, you just start that simply like, um, you know, which is your most preferred method of, uh, you know, engaging or something, you know, do you prefer video? Do you prefer text? Uh, do you, um, like audio, like podcasts, you know, uh, those are good questions to ask. Another thing is to find out how many of your readers or listeners, viewers are on mobile devices. Mm -hmm. You know, that's a huge thing that enough people aren't considering. Um, we tend to think of people receiving our content on their desk, Top or their laptop, but in reality, like sixty percent of the traffic on the internet now is through mobile. Yeah, yeah. and so um, it's a really important question to ask. Like, how do you like say you have blog readers? You know they like your blog. Say, um, how much of your, you know, how do you experience this blog? You do you read it on a tablet, on your cell phone? Uh, or or at uh, on your desktop, even ask them what time of day they typically read your stuff. You know th- those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And so those you know really easy questions to answer. There's no what Dean Jackson calls whiskers in those questions. It's it's not like hey, would you rather pay five hundred dollars to talk to me on the phone for thirty minutes or join a group where. It could, you could pay significantly less, but you'd share me with, you know. <laughs> right, right, um, yeah. But, you know, but you can ask them, you know, like, for instance, before I opened my copywriting community, I sent out a survey to my list and said, you know, uh, if you, I wanted to know two things, you know, how they liked to learn about copywriting for themselves and if they were someone who hired freelance copywriters. And so... I would ask things like, um, if, if you, uh, how do you prefer to learn about copywriting? You know, so the options would be one-on-one coaching, group coaching, uh, online courses, or, um, you know, maybe like, uh, a book, an actual, you know, hard, hardcover book. And, um, and it's really, really telling, uh, what people will, will say. And, Look, you know, depending on how you it's easier for me because I'm in marketing and I'm teaching marketing and sales. So people know that it almost be an insult for me not to use 
what I learned in a survey to create a cool new product, right? right? Because they want to see the whole process of, okay, how does me answering the survey turn into something I might find irresistible to buy? That's a good lesson for them, you know, because <laughs> right. they want to do the same thing. Um, if you're in a different business where people get, you know, icked out by any, any kind of sales proposition, just, um, yeah, just find out how they like to learn and what, what they're most interested in. And just that alone could be really put you on your path to what kind of product to create. Cool. That's awesome. Well, I just have a few sort of lightning round type questions I wanted to ask you before we wrap up. Um, do you have any one particular resource that you would recommend to, to help aspiring passionpreneurs? It could be a book or um, a, someone to follow or a traffic channel or anything that that you found that works really well for people that are building passion-based businesses? Hmm, that's a good question. Well, I mentioned Marie Forleo. I would definitely look at her for an example of what we call lifestyle marketing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I call it wannabe me marketing. <laughs> yeah. I don't think that's Marie's intention, but it's just a natural effect of her being so amazing at what she does that most of her best uh, uh, customers and readers uh, you know, would love to wear her shoes for a day. Um, so that's a great example. Um, uh, for people who just want to share passion and communicate with the, the person who they feel like is, is struggling like they once were, look at a guy like John Lee Dumas, mm-hmm. uh, the Entrepreneur on Fire podcast. You go to his site and see how he, um, you know, uh, tells his story. He, he very much uses the 60 second sales hook format to tell that story. I uh, look at a guy like Chris Farrell, the Chris Farrell membership is another guy who will make you feel a lot better about selling. If, if you, you're afraid you can't be nice and sell, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> you, 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 you can back me on this boat. Chris uh-huh. Farrell not only appears to be the nicest person walking the planet, literally is the nicest person <laughs> walking the planet. I, I've, yeah, absolutely. I, I've been voxing Chris Farrell back and forth for about three years straight, almost daily. And there's just not a crossbone in the guy's body. <laughs> it's almost annoying. It is annoying. I'm just going to call it out. It's, it's frankly annoying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, he is absolutely the nicest uh, guy. And, it, and people love him and, and love everything he sells. I mean, I think, you know, especially he's he's in the – business of, of teaching people how to start online businesses. And there can be a lot of ick factor, like you said, in that space. And his is the polar opposite where people love him and are fanatical about, you know, buying, they love buying from him and they love yeah. interacting with him. So yeah, it's, he is a great person to model. Yeah. And of course, you know, he, he backs it up with really high quality information, but it, again, we're talking about passion and it starts for him with a passion to help other people. Mm-hmm. Figure figure this whole thing out, as he calls it, this whole internet marketing thing, um, because that's where he was. And so, yeah, so those are, I'd say those are some, some pretty good uh, places to start. Cool. Uh, this is another kind of oddball question, but I'd love to hear what your answer is to it. So a friend uh, of, I think ours, I think you know him as well, Jack Bourne, yeah. uh, says that every person has a a unique, what he calls unfair advantage that really helps them stand out or be successful. What would you say your unfair advantage is? Um, loving the sound of my own voice. 
<laughs> That's great. <laughs> so, no, I, yeah, I just yeah, the, for whatever reason, I, I wasn't afraid to speak publicly, mm-hmm. and I really, I, I, I tend to come alive on on a hot mic. Some, something a little beyond me kicks over, and um, I, I've realized that that's one way for me to be more productive is just set up scenarios where I need to be on, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, because it, the be- that's when the best stuff comes out. And, but if I, I'm, I'm not a very, uh, I'm not good at the administrative stuff as much. I, I've learned to be, cause I, I I've had to the way I run my business, but yeah. So if I have one little gift, it gives me an advantage. It's that uh, if you if you hand me a mic, I'll usually deliver for you. <laughs> yeah, oh, you certainly will. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah, your talks are always my my favorite at conferences, and we were going to a lot of conferences at the same time. Thanks, man. Yeah. So uh, finally, where can people find out more about you and about your copywriting community that you started? Because uh, I think that's a, an awesome resource. A lot of passionpreneurs out there could could really use and yeah. benefit from. Yeah, that's another cool thing is, um, so it's called copy chief, C O P Y C H I E F.com copy chief.com. And a copy chief is in our business, somebody who oversees the copywriting for a project, like I described earlier. And that's what I do. I don't, um, typically sit and do all the writing. Uh, I like to work with the business owners and the, and the writers and, and create teams so that everybody can do their best work together. And um, that's kind of what Copy Chief is. It's a community of freelance copywriters and marketers and even designers and traffic experts, um, all people who um, wanted to communicate with business owners and other people in the business who were really out to help each other and um, keep the conversations focused on what's working in marketing, what are some great ways to tell your story, to um, deliver great content to people. You know, there, there, there are some resources out there, Bo, where for some reason or another, uh, the people in the threads and in the community just tend to, tend to, the, the conversations quickly turn to arguing mm-hmm. and, um, somebody, my friend of mine, Brian McLeod calls it gutter sniping. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> and it, it's, it, so that's, I created copy chief because it bummed me out that I didn't want to go to those places where I like a lot of the other members. I just didn't feel like I could have a quality conversation with people there without being feeling like I had to be on guard. Yeah. yeah. And so um, Copy Chief is a paid community. It's very affordable. It's only right now it's $67 a month. And um, I tell you, you could go there and post up a piece of copy that you're working on or even an idea for, for a lead magnet or a sales funnel, or uh, you could you know um, post up your 60-second sales hook, anything you're working on, and get real-time feedback from copywriting experts. And the thing that's blown me away since I opened the community, Bo, is that oftentimes uh, some of the copywriters will take the liberty to rewrite <laughs> parts of the copy for people, uh-huh. right? And this is stuff takes time and and it's really good, you know, and I'm just like, wow, that person just got a thousand dollar rewrite of their landing page 
you know, for 67 bucks, you know, mm-hmm. it's incredible. And so I'm really proud of it. I'm really proud of the whole community. It's, it's one of these things that it's beyond what I could have purposely created. You know, I, I just hit a nerve with the right people who, like me, were annoyed with uh, some of the quality of the other communities. And um, I'm thrilled to say that it's it's thriving and, and people are, are just love it who are in there. The only thing they, they don't like is when I talk about it because they kind of wish we could just <laughs> make it like a little cocoon yeah. where other, other people don't come in, <laughs> come in, you know, risk ruining, ruining it. But uh, we keep it real tight and it's, uh, it's a really positive place. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I, I can't overstate how valuable that would be as – a business owner or a, you know, a new kind of online, uh, passionpreneur to be able to get that kind of feedback from experienced people. Because if you went to hire a, a good copywriter yourself, it, you know, it could, the project could take months and cost thousands and thousands of dollars. So to be able to jump in and get critiques and stuff like on the fly is, is just amazing. And <laughs> that is really affordable for, for what yeah. you get out of it. So yeah, that's awesome that you built that community. Thanks, man. Yeah, we do trainings too. I just want to throw that out. Like a monthly training. Um, like the last one was on bullets. Mm. Like bullets are a really important component to any copywriting. You see them everywhere. And so, yeah, it's cool to be able to weigh in on what you want to learn about that particular training every month. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I'll make sure to link that up in the show notes as well because that's something I think pretty much anybody out there could benefit from. So you definitely want to check that out. Well, Kevin, thanks so much for coming on the show. It's been great to have you. I uh, really enjoy talking to you every time, and you've taught me a ton about how to, to sell products and you know get your, your name out there and your business out there. So thanks for taking the time. I really appreciate it. My pleasure, Bo. Thanks for having me. All right. Thanks. Hey, Bo here. I wanted to say thanks so much for listening to the show. If you're enjoying it or if you have an idea for how I could make it even better, it would really mean a lot to me if you could leave a review at youcangetpaidforthat.com slash iTunes. Leaving reviews really helps to get the word out about the show, introduces new audience to it to make it even better, and is your way of telling me how I can make it the best show possible for you. Also, if you'd like to get all of the updates that I have on the blog, on podcast episodes, and get a copy of my Quick Start Biz Quiz, which is a real simple one-page document with some questions you can answer to get really clear on your business, how to get it going, and how to make it even better. Just go to youcangetpaidforthat.com slash subscribe, and you can sign up there. Thanks again for listening, and I'll talk to you soon.